Tonight and the next two weeks, we want to look at this idea of when, we, when Jesus came, he brought things with him. And I'm giving it all my three points, or my three sermons for the next few weeks away. Uh, they're on the wall, as you can see, love, joy, and hope. But tonight, I want to look at this idea of, of love. And we've sang it, and from the songs we've been singing tonight, look at this idea that, that love came down, that, that it's a time for giving, and, and Christmas is a time for us buying presents and, and giving to loved ones and showing loved ones that we care. But we can, and we are all guilty of it. Sometimes we get caught up in the wrong type of giving, that it's a time for us to give, rather than this idea that when Jesus came, Christmas is about the time when God gave. God gave his son. God gave the greatest gift of all. And we're going to jump into one of the most well-known passages in the Bible is John 3 and verse 16, a good old um, gospel message. John 3 and verse 16. It's on the uh, screen as well. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And I, didn't, I probably wouldn't even need to ha- have to read that. We know that off by heart. That's everywhere. That's at football grounds. I think that's at the Oval and the Glens. Um, that's everywhere. <laughs> that's everywhere. Um, that's spread on murals. But one of the most powerful messages ever, that is the gospel in, in one thing. And I want to break that down and look at how God gave love on the Christmas season. God gave love. And the other day, I was, we were sitting, I was around at Kelsey's, and we were having uh, dinner, and I was sitting, do you ever get to those moments, I hate it, when it comes to sort of the end of a year, and we sort of look back, and like, oh, hasn't a lot changed in the last year, hasn't it? And I'm like, no, I'm still broke, I'm still unemployed, like, I'm still having got a job, like, nothing's really changed the same. But then I, I was sitting thinking, and it came to my mind, it's like, my life actually has changed a lot in the past year. So this time last year, I had a broken leg, I had no job. I was still, um, couldn't drive, still at university, and just well, hadn't had a fiance. Jump on a year, I can walk, I've metal in my leg, but I can walk. It didn't beep through security, unfortunately, in the airport. But I've, I've, I've two jobs the Lord provided, <laughs> too much. Um, <laughs> I have a fiance, I've now, um, I can drive, it's all happening. Kelsey, how do you feel about that? <laughs> They're happier I can drive than I've got a fiance. <laughs> All good. Most of the people who clapped are the ones who've been giving me lifts. They're like, hey man. <laughs> so jump forward a year, my life has changed a considerable amount. And then, but then I was thinking as well, this is great, I've got money coming in. But I spoke a couple of weeks ago about how like I'm 24, don't have a lot of responsibilities, life's fine, you know, it's getting tough now that I have to work for my money. And some of these are like, big lad, you've no choice, you've no chance, can't wait to see life when it hits you properly. I'm going to stay around just to watch that happen. Well, you've got it there, guys. I've reached that point because I decided, do you know what, I'll, I'll get engaged, I'll learn to drive just at the same time as Christmas is coming up. So if to save money, for a wedding, I've to pay for, I've paid for a car, insurance, tax, like this is stuff school doesn't teach you, I didn't know you had to tax a car, I just, I've family presents to get, my family also decided to all have birthdays in, the, in November and December, so I've put no money out that, I'm just like, oh dear, bless us all, here we come, and then Christmas is coming up and more money going out and and now I'm starting to be like, I've not enough coming in as going out. And everyone in here is like, amen, welcome to life. <laughs> it's hit you. <laughs> but 
But maybe you're in the same boat as me. Maybe it's coming to Christmas and, and listen, we're all excited about Christmas. We love it. It's a great time of the year. And it's an exciting time of the year and, and there is joy and there's love and there's peace and there's hope and they're all these wee traditional Christmas words. But also, there, maybe you understand that it's a bit difficult as well, Christmas. You know, maybe looking up here and it's a time for giving and it's time for joy and excitement and buzz, but maybe for you it's, it's not always that easy. Maybe for you it's, Christmas is a bit stressful. That you've a lot of, you have a lot of bills to pay for and the same bills you pay for every month are still there, but then you've got all gifts to buy for people. And, and maybe for you it's a competition. It can be difficult because we're competing and it feels like Christmas has become a competition of what can I buy for this and I can buy for that and can I outdo this person? And, and you feel the pressure of that or you feel the stress or the, the anxiety of it every year. Or maybe for you, Christmas is maybe, maybe a time of loneliness. It's a time of worry because you think back of, of loved ones who weren't there of years and years and years ago or, or it was a, a hurting time in your life and Christmas brings up those memories and, and you feel bad because, well, this is supposed to be a time of joy and a time of excitement, a time of giving and oh, love and, and I don't really feel that. And, and what we do is we try to put on a brave face and we try to just survive through this season. It's supposed to be a time of excitement and buzz and, and love, but I'm just going to try and survive this, try and get through this season and get to the other side. And we look at this, a time for giving, is it's a time for, as I said, us to give and we try and pour out and pour out and pour out. But I want to look at this isn't a time, the title isn't a time for giving for you to give more and give more. But it's a time for giving for us to remember that this is about a season where we celebrate that God gave the greatest gift to humanity ever. The greatest gift that will ever be given. And I know at times we can think of Christmas, oh, it's a, it's a pagan festival. Trees, pagans. Lights, pagans. Oh, it's a pagan festival. And some of that is true, church. But at the same time, this is a time where worldwide we think of the greatest gift that is given. And if that's, I'm happy to take that then. If worldwide we spend time, spend a month thinking about the greatest gift that is given. And so I want to look at, at this passage, John 3:16, and try and encourage us over this next few weeks to take a time, church, to receive the gift that he has given. It's a time for giving, but God wants to give into you and remind you that this is, he has given you the greatest gift. And sometimes we can miss the point. Sometimes it's about band presents and, and cooking turkeys and mince pies and coffees and all sorts of money going out. And we forget to sit and take back. We forget to sit and receive the greatest gift that he has given. So my first point is this, is receive his gift before you give yours. Receive his gift before you give yours. I, there's a, a person I work, uh, one of the girls in work I work with, and we're, we're chatting the other day about Christmas and stuff, and oh, have you started your Christmas shopping? I was like, don't start me. Don't start me on spending money. Um, but she was like, oh, do you know what? Do you know what I love doing? I love giving more than receiving presents at Christmas. Has anyone, and I know some of you have said that. That is a lie. These are lying. <laughs> I love giving presents more than getting. That's a lie. Of course, you don't do it the rest of the year. <laughs> Give me a present the rest of the year. Come on, let's see us. But it's funny because at Christmas, we're all about all give everything. We don't look at price tags. We just spend. We spend food bills, presents. There's never enough money. There's no limit to what I can spend. I'll just give. But then the rest of the year, all about like, what can I take? Is someone going, I'm going to get in the queue in front of someone? Is someone going to let me drive in front of them? We're all about taking, taking. And it's quite ironic at, at this time we're actually in church. God gave, gave us the greatest gift for us to receive. And we're more focused on giving 
other people gifts rather than sitting back and receiving the gift that he has given us. And, and this, is, this could be easy, church, for us to think about this as, a, as a, mess, a gospel message, and it is. But as I was standing there, God reminded me, and he hit me right in the heart and said, this is for you just as much as it is for everyone else. Because, church, sometimes we can sit and think that, oh, I've received Jesus. I'm a Christian now, and so I've done the receiving. But we still get caught up in giving and giving and giving. We forget to sit and just rest in his presence. We forget to just sit and rest and constantly, constantly receive what he has given us. And so we focus so much on giving that we miss receiving his gift. In Matthew chapter 4, this is one of the first, in chronologically, this is the first book of the New Testament the, the, the Bible's put up into, split up into books, but they're not all in, as you read the, the contents in chronological order. But in, the, in chronological order of the New Testament, this is the first book written about 40 years after Jesus was born. And so this in Mark chapter, yes, Matthew, sorry, chapter four, um, verse 18, Jesus has, has went through um, the temptation. His ministry has just begun. And this is the passage titled, The First Disciples. This is the first people, the first disciples that Jesus calls. And, and you and I as Christians are supposed to be disciples. So I, I take this on as this is what Jesus is saying to us. He says, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who also called uh, Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come and follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Jump back to, to verse 19 there. Jesus called out to them, come and follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. There's two things said here. The first is, come and follow me. And the second is, and I will show you how to fish for people. The first is an invitation to follow and the second is an invitation to show. The first is an invitation to follow Jesus, an invitation to follow, an invitation to receive Jesus. And the second is an invitation to show how to give to other people, to show how to focus outwardly. But the first is follow me and learn. Follow me and become like me. That's what he meant. He didn't just mean just follow me in circles. He meant follow me and become like me. And then I will give you what you need to do to pour that out onto other people, to give onto other people. And so church, the first thing that we need to do is receive from Jesus and at this time of the season, it, it doesn't feel right. We, it's all about giving. We need to give more. And, and, and the Bible teaches that a lot about giving and giving and giving. But the Bible teaches about giving from an overflow. Giving from an overflow of receiving from him. And you can't give from an overflow if you don't receive from him. So the first thing that we must do is receive. Receive the love that he has brought. Receive the love that he has constantly poured out for us. Receive and spend time to follow him and know that and follow him and be like that. Receive his gift before you give them yours. You see, it is so important at this Christmas time that we receive first the greatest gift, that this is a time for giving, church. And we will give gifts, and we'll give our time and, and give our love towards people, but before we can give love, we need to receive his love that has been poured onto us. My second point is this, is the cost of his love. The cost of his love. And 
Again, a few years ago, it was probably b- before I started working or anything, I, I, needed, I felt a wee bit of, I needed a wee bit of more independency. Around Christmas, I was sick and tired of like, you know, people buying gifts for me. Like mom used to do it, she used to buy gifts for me and write my name on it. And I don't know why I'm saying I'm complaining about that. Can we do that again, mom? <laughs> do you want to buy gifts for me and just write my name on the label? But I was getting a wee bit sick. I was like, do you know what? I'm, I'm a man now, I'm going to be independent. I'm going to go and buy my mom and dad and friends gifts. So I, I, I got the bus into Belfast, uh, started walking about and trying to do some shopping. And then I went into Boots, because Boots do three for two. And so <laughs> we all do it. So judge me. We're all looking for the, the, the bargains. So I went into Boots, done the three for two, and decided I seen a wee thing. My mom sort of likes like nice smelly stuff and things. So I'll, I'll buy her some of that. So I went in and I'll not tell you what I bought. I'll build it up in a minute. But I went and bought this three for two. I think hers was the free gift. <laughs> Sorry, mum. <laughs> um, and so came home, had a, had a go at wrapping it up. Man, what's it like to try and wrap stuff? Never. I'd pay someone to wrap my presents. Um, so I had a, had a go at wrapping it up and then to set the presents out on Christmas morning. Mum got the hers, opened up. <laughs> I said, this shames me to say. I bought her... Uh, three wee bars of soap. <laughs> three bars of soap. God love her. I'm sorry, Mum. Forgive me. And like it was, she couldn't even use it personally. She she had the, it was in the communal toilet, and I probably used it more. Like I used her present more, but but it was and maybe out there. And at the time, like my mum, God love her, was gracious. She's like, oh son, it's the thought that counts, and and that's the thing that we always say at the times, because <laughs> so, that's literally the only thing it could have counted, <laughs> the thought. <laughs> It was the thought that counts, son. And that's easy for us to think at the times at, at Christmas or present banded, we think oh, it's sort of the thought that counts, isn't it? And we see here, it, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave something. His, his love was proven by his giving. And church, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Loving needs to be given. You need to give something to prove your love. And I do love my mom, and I proved it by giving her bars of soap. I do love her more than that. But there was a a proof there. And so God could have given us anything to prove his love. But if we actually need to look at the cost of his love, because it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. His one and only son, his most prized possession. He didn't just give soap. He didn't give money. He didn't give us a house or possessions. He gave his son. And to us, that seems strange. Why are you giving us a son? I don't want that. It was what his son represented. His son was everything that he owned. His son was his most prized possession. And he gave that. And what that son done, done would have came, he came down to earth. And he lived and breathed and taught the most gracious, compassionate, loving life anyone ever has done. And then he died on a cross for you and I, rose from the dead, and all that done has paved the way for us to become united with God again. And so his son was not just the greatest possession that God owned, but it became the greatest gift and a way of salvation that you and I can stand here and say, I am free, that one day I will be with him in eternity because of the giving of his son. Now, it costs God a lot. And there's going to be a wee video here that's going to play. It's going to be about five to ten minutes long, but I want you to watch this. And this is what it's like 
When God says, I'm going to show and prove and demonstrate my love with the giving of my son. Go ahead. And this is the story of what Jesus done for us. That we, you and I, represented those people on the train who were going to a lost eternity, who were going to a death, and nothing could be done about it. And here comes Jesus, faultless, sinless, blameless, an innocent man, and God gave him to us to die a most cruel, horrible death so that we could be united with him. That is what cost Jesus, that will cost God for the love that he poured onto us. And that is for you and I, church, as we stand here free. And not only is it important that we know the cost of his love, but we need to understand the timing. And that's my last point, is the timing of his love. Because if we know anything about the Bible, we know it's split up into the Old and New Testament. And just, but we skip, for me, it's a turn of a page from the Old, in Malachi to, to the New Testament in Matthew. But for back then, there was a silence of about 400 years of nothingness. That God, we believe that this Bible is Holy Spirit inspired and, and the whole Old Testament is Holy Spirit inspired. And then at one point, nothing. God doesn't speak. Nothing is said, nothing is written. There is silence. And people, people go past, people live, are born and people die. Things are done, but God doesn't speak. And after 400 years, there are shepherds sitting on a hill, looking after their sheep, doing their job. Maybe talking about years before when, when there was this Messiah promised, but sure, that was just all talk, nothing happened. Maybe they're desperate for a Messiah, wanting someone to come and change their situations. Maybe there's people around that time desperate for something to fix their life, but they're at the end of their rope, nowhere else to turn. All hope seems lost, feeling lonely, feeling unloved. And an angel appears to say, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. That that Messiah who was promised has come. The love had come down. The love had met them, had come down and God hadn't spoken over 400 years. And then he speaks with the crying of a baby as his son has entered the world. And the timing of love coming down church is so significant. The time of God's giving to our lives is so significant because maybe these people were desperate. Maybe they needed something to step into their situations to fix it. And here it is. And I wanna say to you, maybe you're desperate for someone to step in and fix your situations. He is here. He is here. Jesus is alive today like never before. And he is here to step into your life. Romans chapter five. Verse six and eight says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die while we were still sinners. I don't know if I feel like this is a mom thing, but most moms, 
like their house to be tidied. When someone's coming around to see your house, you like to tidy it, don't you? You like to wash everything. You like to brush everywhere. And I feel like church sometimes, that's like us with Jesus. Christian or non-Christian in here, we're still the same. We like to try and get our affairs in order before we spend time with Jesus, before we invite Jesus in and we try to tidy everything and push all the mess under the rug and make it look acceptable. And then it's the right time for God to enter my life. Then it's the right time. But Paul, or the, in Romans here it says, uh, when we were utterly helpless, when we couldn't fix our situations, that's when the, God says, yep, that's the time to come in to fix it. And so God, Jesus doesn't want you to get everything in order and sorted before you come to him. He says, no, let me into your house as it's a mess. Let me into all your embarrassment. Let me into all your guilt, all your shame, all your sin. And let me help you tidy it. Let me start putting things away. Let me start cleaning. Just let me in. Just open the door and let me in. Church, this, this Christmas season, if you're in here and you're Christian, this is a message for you as much as it is if you're in here and you're not a Christian. Let Jesus come into your life. Take the time to receive from Him. This time of giving is important. Yes, we want to give love. But make sure we receive His gift of love. Make sure we take the time to accept Him. The band are going to play, finish with a few songs here. But I would hate to miss this opportunity without making an appeal. So can we close our eyes? If you're in here and you're not a Christian, I want you to understand this could be the greatest decision. This will be, sorry, the greatest decision of your life. And this gift of love has been offered freely to you, given to you. It's sitting out right here for you to take. All you need to do is accept Jesus into your life. And I'm going to simply say, count to three. At the end of three, I want you to step your hand up. And your hand, what you're doing is not, that's just you making a decision. That's not you becoming a Christian. I want you to slip your hand up so that afterwards there's going to be me and a few elders at the back and we're going to, we'd love on the way out, would you grab us? And we'd love to pray for you and help you to, to take this next step in your decision to follow in Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to count to three so you can slip up your hand. One, two, three. anyone Father God we thank you for this gift of love that's come down to us Father God we thank you that love came down for each and every one of us God God when we were utterly helpless you came into our lives God and it cost you so much to send your son to watch your son come down on the, he on the earth knowing the death that he would have to endure, knowing the cross and the pain that he would have to endure. But God, you sent it because you love us, because you love us so much that you gave us your most prized possession. So God, I pray over this Christmas season as we enjoy each other's company, as we enjoy the gifts and the laughter and the fellowship, as we enjoy the presence and the good food and the, everything that goes with it, God, would we never, ever, ever forget, but we, we make more time ever this year to receive from you, to get from you, God, to spend time remembering you, but not just remembering you as a thought, God, but would we live our lives with you? Would we draw closer to you, God, ever before? God, allow us to receive the greatest gift ever.
before we can give anything of ourselves. Thank you, God, that love came down. Thank you that your son came down for us, God. And allow us to keep our eyes fixed on that. In Jesus' name.